Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandal Church. I'm Stephanie Schaefer here with the PMB, Pastor yes. Matt Brown. Welcome, man. And yep, the PMB. Yeah, excited, uh, excited to be back, excited to jump into some of these questions. I was going to ask you, where were you? But you were here last week. I was. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a long one. Yeah. Long one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My brain yeah. was fried. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fried. Yes. Yeah. If, if uh, folks haven't had a chance, it was a really good episode yeah. Yeah. with uh, Tammy mm-hmm. in the wing. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I really love when Tammy's stuff. on. I like having another girl here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's fun. A little uh, sisterhood. That's good. She gets yes. pretty stressed about it. Really? Yeah. It's so funny because she, so she hides though. it really well. She well. is a six. That's, okay. that's their specialty. Yeah. Hiding. Yeah, no, stress. No, preparing stress. for the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a lot of six. I know it well. Yeah, yeah. all these airplanes crashing is, is not helping our travel plans. <laughs> yeah, you flying south, Southwest anytime soon? No, oh, I yeah. don't. I fly United. United only has, I think, like five Boeing 787, okay. uh, what's it called? The the, the Air Max? No, it's, no. it's no. their Air X. Air X, X or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty frightening. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so interesting yeah. because, um, so the assumption is, right, that, you know, I, I, this, I'm making this up, but let's say 90% of all plane crashes are pilot error. So all the technology, what it's done is it's gone to take uh, those decisions out of the pilot's hands right. and to put it in software and computer. And the problem probably with these Boeing 787s is the computer's getting it wrong. Something's malfunctioning. It's mm-hmm. a sensor or or something. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting that it's another third world country. And so I think that probably what's happening is uh, the environment of these third world countries, Indonesia, uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia yeah. There's something. There's there. something it's... that's happening though to that sensor, mm-hmm. and it's causing it to to freak out because that that same plane has also had altitude problems, and so it's just oh, freaky. But that yeah. plane's never had any problems here in the no. U.S. None that's been reported. No, and yeah. you know I hate to say it, but I don't hate to say it. U.S. pilots are better. They're yeah. they're always better. So yeah. we're just better at. Well, historically, we're better at you know. Uh, failing people. And so a lot of other cultures have a hard time mm. failing. And so there's shame that's involved. Mm. And so, you know, you got a pilot. So like in that, that Ethiopian airplane crash, the co-pilot had 200 hours experience. Mm. That's, that's like nothing. That's two months. Yeah. Two months. Yeah, that's not so, good. so when all those alarms are going off, he's about as much help as the three of us together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately they weren't very high, so they don't have much time to figure it out. No. Yeah. And that's usually where it all goes wrong. Yeah. I've flown out of there. It's, it's dicey. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's not as bad as a dirt landing strip though. Yeah. But it's still pretty, pretty gnarly. Oh yeah. yeah. You grew up with that, huh? Mm. It's off. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So this last week, um, we kept the 10 reasons going and, uh, hit on a big one of murder. And you had a lot to obviously say about that. I thought it was awesome. Good points, man. We had such a good conversation last night in our small group. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, we, yeah. We, Did you guys play Clue? No. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. That would have been good. It was the butler. It was. In the <laughs> living room in, with the rope. In the study. <laughs> in the study. Yeah. It's, All right. of our millennials are like, what? What are you yeah. talking about? Dude, children of the 80s. Google, Clue. Yeah. Google oh, it. Oh, it was so good. It's, it's coming so back, clue. though. I, I've, have you seen those classic... Um, board games. I've been wanting to collect them for, for my kids when they get a little bit older. Yeah. It's like the classic Clue, mm-hmm. classic Monopoly, the, the original look of it. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I geek out on that. That's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, board <laughs> games. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of uh, a lot of great questions coming in, um, but um, wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things. When you kick us off, yeah, Stephanie. so one of the things you mentioned in your sermon this weekend is just super tied in with what is going on in culture right now. You mm-hmm. talked about, you know, when we talk about murder, one of the things, like, 
we're called to protect life, especially yeah, with our sure. actions. And he talked about the unborn. And we've got a lot of stuff going on with you know laws that have changed in New York right, right. for late-term yeah. abortions, things like that. And actually, um, I was talking to some of the girls at Riverside Life Services, one of the uh, yeah. practical clinics over here, that actually the same laws in New Mexico, a lot closer to us that I wasn't mm. aware of. Mm. Um, but can you talk about how, because I know a lot of my Christian friends are you know freaking out about this. Right. Like, what do we do? Like, do we like picketing and all this? Like, yeah, yeah. How can how can and should Christians respond to things like mm. this when it comes to abortion law, sure. life of the unborn, all of that? Well, unfortunately, you know, abortion is a political ping pong, mm-hmm. yeah. and so what that means is, um, you know, the the right conservatives use it to rally their base and to mm-hmm. get people fired up, and um, we need to be aware of that. The left does the same things, you know, with immigration mm-hmm. and issues like that, and so. It's really important, especially in the age of social media, that we take a step back. Um, you actually forwarded me the article um, mm-hmm. where I had to, it was boring, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read to the whole thing in New York, what it actually means. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I'm against abortion. And I, I think the church's mistake has been in trying to change the law. And what we need to do is, I actually watched a special needs kid say this on the internet somewhere. He said, I don't, I don't wanna make abortion illegal. He said, I want to make it unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do mm-hmm. is just really encourage people of the preciousness of life. And, and so the challenge with abortion, um, you know, um, I tend to be a libertarian in the way that I, I view. And so what that is, is um, I want as much freedom as possible with as little government intervention as possible. Mm-hmm. That's a challenge with the left and the right, because sure. they, they, they flip flop all over the place on mm-hmm. this stuff, you know, um, you know, like the left wants, doesn't want government in the doctor's office, but they want government, you know, everywhere else, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, they want women to have choice uh, with their, uh, you know, reproductive rights, but they want single payer healthcare. I'm just, I, I, I'm always just like, I'm, I'm baffled at the logic or lack thereof of political positions. And really what it is, it's, it's just their bases. <clears throat> you know, they've started out principled, both the left and the right, and then they've been held hostage by their political bases mm-hmm. and, and, and chosen sides. And so, you know, as far as I can tell, uh, reading the law and, you know, maybe somebody's going to write in and tell me I'm wrong, but infant, infant side, how do you say that? Infant, kill, infant killing a child that's born is still right. illegal. Right. It's not legal. Right. And I think that's initially what caught my attention is, hey, we're going to have a baby that's born if some uh, abortion is botched and then they're not going to uh, try to save the life of the child. As far as I can tell from my reading of, of the New York statute, that is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... Having said that, abortion is terrible. It's wrong. It kills the child and it wounds the woman. Mm. And nobody's honest about that. You right. know, no, nobody talks about that. You know, women in our church, you know, who've had an abortion 20, 30 years ago, they still remember birthdays. Like mm-hmm. they, 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 it still is connected to them because here's the reality is your body is bonding with that child the moment that it's created. So the moment the sperm hits the egg, right, there's a chemical reaction. And I believe there's a spiritual connection that's taking place between the woman and the child. Mm -hmm. And so whether you abort that uh, baby at, you know, one week or one month or, um, you know, and I believe that it's still, I think within the first, I don't know, I can't remember. I should remember all the details. I think it's the first 21 yeah. Yeah. That was part of the law that, that is changing, Mm -hmm. but, um, Essentially, yeah, it's up to 20 weeks is yeah. what is considered. They, they're changing the terms on what is considered late term. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's what's being adjusted. But right. Yeah. And so as, as I read it, it seemed to indicate that if, if there's no, uh, the baby's not going to make, or the baby's deceased, mm-hmm. that they can do this, that they can do an abortion right. late term in that thing. And for that, you know, we've had, 
you know, we've had parents in our church give, give birth to stillborns and mm. man, it's, it is a long, mm. it's, there's a lot of grieving that takes place. I mean, here you are, think about labor. You went through mm. labor mm-hmm. knowing that the fetus is not going to make it. The child's not going to make it or yeah. is already dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we've had that at our, at our, at our church. And so while I think it's the right decision, I still have seen how difficult it is sure. on the mom, on the dad mm-hmm. to go through that extraordinarily difficult process. Mm-hmm. Um, the beautiful side of it, uh, if there is any beauty in that death, is they get to hold the baby, name the baby. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There is kind of, I think, some closure. Whereas with abortion, you know, they're, I don't want to be gross, but they're cutting your child up and, yeah. and sucking them out. And there's, yeah. so there's no holding, there's no seeing, there's mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important that we, uh, that we grieve by seeing um, people that are dead. You know, my mom, and I love my mom, but you know, when her dad died, I got to see my grandpa Lawrence. I got to see him mm. in his um, uh, in his casket. casket yeah. I got to touch him. Mm. I, I got to say goodbye to him. And there was closure mm. in that. When my grandmother died, uh, my mom and her brother made the decision to um, you know have her buried before we got there. So we had a memorial service. Mm. But I would have liked to have touched my grandma, mm. even though mm. she was dead. Uh, I would have liked to have held her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's important mm-hmm. to say goodbye and it actually helps yeah. with the grieving process to say goodbye. And so my recommendation, and again, uh, I'm not here to, to morally challenge you in any way, but my recommendation would be if the baby's dead, that you, if there's any way possible to go ahead and go with the, go through with the, with the birthing process mm-hmm. to birth the baby and hold that baby, mm-hmm. um, and name the baby and grieve the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that that's really, really important and um, in the healing process. I'm not a shrink. I'm not a counselor. That's just my personal experience sure. that mm-hmm. it's beneficial. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons we have mm-hmm. such a problem with death in our society is because, we, you know, even like a hundred years ago, let's say, you know, uh, grandpa or dad died. The body stays in the home. Right. The family comes over. We help clean it. We, we get it ready, which now we'd all be like gross. That's and what we're doing is, I mean, think, of, think about our modern society. Let, let's say my wife dies the most precious and important person in my life is now in the hands of somebody else who bathes her, who clothes her, who puts makeup on her, who dresses her. You know, I, I'm, I'm not involved in that process mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. You know, I, I've I never lo- thought about that. I yeah. love her, mm-hmm. you know, even in death, I'll, I'll still love her. And, 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 and for most of history, right, you got to be a part of that process, regardless of what it was, whether you buried them or you burned them or what it, whatever it is that you did. You know, mm-hmm. we have a picture of one of Tammy's uncles, um, a great uncles. He was uh, condemned to die by the territory of Phoenix for some crimes he committed against uh, settlers coming. And um, wow. yeah, it, it's one of the, it's called the Mormon massacre, but her, her un- oh, great yeah. uncle was actually a part of that. And oh, wow. he was the only Mormon leader that died for it. But we have a picture of him smoking his cigar, sitting hmm. on his casket. And the next picture he's in this casket. Whoa. Yeah. They wow. shot him and then they put him in his box. So he's literally sitting on his box, smoking his cigar. And then- <laughs> That's hardcore. Yeah. Wow. Well, the Wild West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, but the family got to be a part of that, you know, be there. And, There's and he admitted to, just yeah. so you know, he admitted to being a part of that and, and mm. doing whatever he did, but uh, there's actually a movie about it. It's called like September or something. Huh? Yeah. Anyway. So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, how, so in that you, cause we were talking about that um, 
and sort of what that looks like to stand up for what is right. And we talked about that in, you know, in our words and, and when people are being slandered or gossiped about how we stand up for what is right and for truth and that our words would bring life. What have you seen in some of the most effective ways for in this conversation, how can Christians stand up for the unborn in situations like this? Yeah, I think the reality is, is, you know, the the truth is on our side, educate women, you Mm. know, um, it's why Planned Parenthood doesn't show ultrasounds. I mean, that's just the reality because when a woman Mm. sees the baby in her stomach, she is less likely, I mean, extraordinarily less likely to kill the child when she Mm. sees it. Um, Mm. And so I think that's, those are things that we, you know, I think that we can advocate for, we can advocate as Christians that the, that the woman has all the information about her body, about what's mm-hmm. happening. And then, you know, um, again, I, I, there, there's two evils involved with abortion. One is, right, a woman taking the life of a child. The other is a government, right, mm-hmm. telling a woman what to do with her body. And so mm-hmm. we have these two evils that are, are, are connected. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like even an extra one, because I feel like a lot of probably women in the church are like fearing the shame that oh, would come yeah. from being yeah. not married and pregnant outside of marriage and all and, that. And just so you know, it is a harder way to go. And so mm-hmm. what we need to do is we need to make sure as an organization, we're not shaming them. Like you right. don't fix sin with sin. Right. And it, just so you know, that's exactly what David tried to do, right? Yeah. David commits adultery and he tries to cover it up with having Uriah sleep with his wife. That doesn't work. So back then, you know, he, he you know, he couldn't do an abortion without harming Bathsheba. They, they've had abortions throughout most of history. I mean, it's just a tragic part of human life. Right. Um, but uh, he kills the dad. Like, so, mm-hmm. so don't, don't make someone die to cover up your mistake or your sin. And mm-hmm. so uh, I just think that that's just really, really important that the best thing to do when we sin is to repent to God and immediately go to what's right. Mm-hmm. And what's right, um, especially if you call yourself a Christian is to not abort the child. Right. But, but I mean, I'm telling you, like I have counseled women on a Sunday uh, to, to save the life of the child and they aborted it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it's horrific, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It you know makes me feel like a total failure as a pastor. But ultimately, you know, I, I still have to try to, uh, in, in the one case I'm thinking of specifically, she had three children, single mom, you know, felt like a fourth child, um, you know, wouldn't work. Uh, she couldn't do that. And so that's why she aborted that child. And I mean, I, I did I, I did everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, give us the baby, let's, and, and ultimately I think she has an unhealthy view of the child because I encouraged her to bring the child to full term, give it to me and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll find somebody at the church to adopt this child. Mm-hmm. And she literally told me, she said, I can't give my baby away. I'm like, but you can but kill you, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it was just really, really mm-hmm. difficult. And at, at the core of it, um, Again, hmm. right? This is what happens in a culture where we have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, uh, and 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 so much of 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 the wackiness in our culture is the line used to be, you get married, you have sex, and then right, you work together to manage that process. Hmm. That's not to say that there weren't problems in that. You know, people got married, they got young, they had difficulties, they were in an abusive relationship. That's all true. Hmm. But we threw the baby out with the bathwater, literally, and so now we are having sex before we're married. Ch- unwanted children or yeah. unexpected children are, are being born into a situation uh, to children, to people who are still in college, to people who are not prepared or ready mm-hmm. to financially care for a child. And so the solution is to kill the child, which is just, I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And yet so many young people find themselves in that situation because they didn't listen to God in the first place about his design for sex. Mm. And um, it's just, it's just sad. And so that's the thing is guys, the further we get away from God's truth, 
the closer we get to literally the harm of evil. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's happening in our culture is we're rejecting so much of what God has to say. And the Ten Commandments are really principles to live by. Mm. They're not gonna save your soul, but they're gonna save your life. They're gonna yeah. bless your life. They're gonna direct your life. And so we literally have, um, and, and that's why, you know, think about this whole, what's acceptable on college campuses. Right. Well, the reason that we have to have that now is because historically, you know, guys were chivalrous, you know, maintained healthy distance. You know, we didn't, uh, there wasn't a date, date rape culture. Um, you know, men were very, very careful. And and the goal was like, I'm gonna be with this woman and I'm gonna do everything I can to, to woo her. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna have sex when we get married. Well, you get rid of that. And now we have, so what have college campuses said? You can have sex anytime, anywhere with anyone you choose. It's gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. And mm. now we're trying to create all these boundaries where literally you have to ask a person to dance. Can we continue dancing? Can I put my hands on your shoulder or my hands on your waist, hands on your butt? You know, like we're, we're <laughs> like, we have to yeah. create literally 10,000 rules because we, we got rid of the one rule that says, Hey guys, don't have sex until you get married. Yeah. Dating is, you know, courting is really figuring out, are you compatible? Do you have the same uh, moral beliefs? Are you headed in the same direction? And is this someone, you know, because what sex does is it blinds us to, mm-hmm the person that we're really with. It right. connects us in a way where it's harder to get unconnected. And mm. uh, and especially ladies, you need to know this, guys don't feel that way. Guys can have sex. Guys have a lot lower standard of what they'll have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's just the truth. And so women, um, yeah, it's another, when we get into the whole gender lie thing is that all men and women are having sex for the same reason. It is just not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not true and it's not helpful. So um, abortion really, is it, it, it really goes back to the commandment on adultery. Thou shall not have sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Tammy and I were talking, um, you know, I'll be 50 years old here in a couple of years. And, you know, w- uh, what would happen if we got pregnant? Well, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be planned, but we're not going to kill the kid. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, okay, life looks a lot different than what we thought. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be grandparents yeah. and parents at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll have play dates. It's fine. Yeah, we'll have play yeah. dates. We'll set up play dates with our children and their oh, children. Oh, and man. so, you know, uh-huh. you're, you're going you're gonna to do that. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think that it's important though, um, you know, specifically women need to know that, uh, you know, there are instances where abortion, I think would be acceptable. Like if the mother's life is endangered, particularly if there are other children at home. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have, you know, three, four kids and there's something that's going on where, and you, you know, I would get, uh, um, I would consult with your church uh, and with, you know, multiple doctors to find out literally if something's wrong here. But um, I mean, th- that's, that's an area where I think it would be viable to save the life of the mother, particularly when there are other children involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but moms, you know, make the decisions oftentimes, like for example, um, let's say you, you have cancer and you have a child, mothers choose not to do cancer treatment to give birth to the child, mom dies, right. the child is born. And I think that's noble yeah. and that's that's good, right and true. I just think for me, uh, as the dad, I have a responsibility not only to the, to the unborn child in my home, but I also have a responsibility to uh, the children in my home. Mm. And I have to take all of that into consideration. I mean, that's the challenge of leadership. And unfortunately in life, we find ourselves in extraordinarily difficult positions and it's as Christians, mm. we got to be so careful not to enter into these discussions where they bait us. You know, where are you against abortion in cases of you know incest and rape and all of this other stuff? And it's like, look, man, I just want to prevent de- the death of the child. Right. That's what I'm for. And so we right. get into these arguments where we look like fools mm. and we look extraordinarily, mm. you know, stupid. Um, 
And we just need to say, look, I, I want to lower abortions. I want to uh, do whatever I can to uh, enhance the value of human life. And every life is precious and we need to do whatever we can to uphold that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the church gets gets itself in these positions. Like, for example, you know, Catholics, you know, the Catholic stance on uh, birth control destroys third world countries. It destroys mm. them. So mm. you got these women that can't, they can't feed the kid they have. And they're literally popping out kid after kid after kid after kid. And so, you know, the Pope is taking the stance of, well, it's just, you know, because of capital capitalism and we're not sharing. All. It's mm. like, okay, thank you for this speech, but I've been in those countries where these yeah. women have 10, 11, 12 kids. They can't feed them. Oftentimes the husband feels um, unable, depressed, turns to alcohol and then bails. Yeah. Now, you know, and so much of c- compassion, right? And I've been to those countries. We're helping, we're helping to take the role of the dad when what we should have done is, you know, help these mm. women make reproductive choices uh, that are helpful and beneficial to them. Because, you know, you guys think there's poverty in America. You've been around the world. Man, there's, mm-hmm. there's a level of poverty that is staggering. Yeah, I mean, staggering. Yeah. And this is where, right, sex trade comes in, mm-hmm. all of these issues that come in because these people cannot feed their kids. And so like you go to Cambodia and you're approached by a 10-year-old girl who wants to have sex with you. Well, you just think, well, what kind of parent? Well, you and I are in a completely different scenario right. where the parents are willing to sacrifice um, the sexual purity of this kid because she's going to make money that are then going to feed the other yeah, 10 or 12 yeah. kids who are at right. home. And, and we just, we just got to be really, really careful that we don't judge the world from our perspective, that we try to understand how to holistically help people and, and come where they are. And, and, and legalism is so dangerous. Like mm-hmm. we just get stuck on a position, right? Think about the woman caught in the act of adultery. Cause I'm sure we have a lot of pro-life women that are very upset. What I've said, look, they said the law says a man and a woman caught in the act of adultery, they must be put to death. Jesus chooses not to kill her in that instance mm-hmm. because he's making an assessment of the specific situation. And so what we want as Christians is as much freedom as possible to not sound stupid and like, you know, Woodboro Baptist church, right? These, I'm mm. just like, good <laughs> Lord. Um, tr- try to think in the individual situation and give individual counsel. And that's what Jesus does in John eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause where's the dude? Yeah. It says they were caught in the act of adult, two people are having sex. Mm-hmm. They were caught. Mm-hmm. What, what happened to the guy? Where's the guy? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not interested in him. They're interested in her. And Jesus gives grace to a woman caught in an offense. Um, and, her, and for her to be caught in the act of adultery, a lot of people don't realize this. It means she's a married woman. Mm. Hmm. That's, that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's not a man having sex with a woman who is single or a prostitute. This woman is married in the act of adultery. The specific nature of the law mm. of Moses is not two people having sex outside of marriage because the law of Moses actually states then that man should have married her. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you act towards a virgin in an unbecoming right. way, that man must pay the bride price or marry her. Right. Even if he's already married. And that's a whole nother that's like, whole nother. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you just, your, your mind right. just blows. Right. But again, so much of the law is because we're idiots and I'm trying not to say that word, forgive me, Lord, but because we're clueless, because we're sinners. Mm. And so Jesus is giving extraordinary grace because here's a married woman. Think about her life. You don't think that's getting back to her husband. Like, mm. I mean, dude, the whole the whole thing is just, we read it 
with our current culture and social views, but, but specifically the law they're talking about is a married woman and a married man Hmm. is having sex. And so Moses requires that they both be killed. Yeah. So I I know I've probably just blown your guys' minds and and some people are like, oh my gosh, I've been robbed all these years when I read John 753 or is it? 753 through 814 or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Woman caught in adultery. So, yeah. so here, here's what I would say. Abortion is wrong. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, you know, um, but we have many women in our church who have committed that. And so, you know, it's mm. a grievous sin. It's a terrible sin. It, it, it's probably one of the worst sins that you mm. could commit because a mother's responsibility is to protect the life of her children. That's her responsibility. That's mm. the way God's made her. Uh, that's why I said, you, you know, we talked about anger, mama bear, you, you gotta yeah. be mama bear and you've got to yeah. defend your child. And it violates so much of who a mother is mm-hmm. and it's a grievous sin. It's, it's a, and, and so, but having said that there's grace, there's mm-hmm. forgiveness yeah. um, with repentance and, um, yeah. but, but we still have a dead kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't change that. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's some good uh, questions uh, related to you know culturally speaking, because a lot, so much of that is even in the in the conversation of the laws in New York, yeah. kind of redefining terms. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what does this actually mean? Yeah. Um, this first question, uh, I, th- I think it's a great one. It lines up a lot with that of sort of the difference between murder and killing, and right, what are right. the differences there? Yeah. This uh, is an anonymous question. It says, "I'm a local police." officer in the course of my duties i've had to take a human life what is your opinion on the matter of biblical and biblical perspective of my line of work or military line of work yeah absolutely so 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 the the hebrew word there is murder and so that's mm-hmm. why i actually chose a, a passage that says thou shalt not murder right so um and it shouldn't be translated kill um what it means is you should not take moral retribution on your own mm. and and enact vengeance there are things in the Bible to where a person's life can be forfeit because they took a life. And so it goes through that. And so the example that I gave uh, on Sunday was if you have an animal that repeatedly and continually kills somebody, both right. the animal and you have to die. Um, hmm. And so like even in our laws, right, there's first degree murder. So it means you pre-planned, you, you thought it out. Hmm. Um, you know, and then and then you enacted it, and so there there has to be forethought, right? And and that's that's important. So first degree murder in the United States, um, you, not in California, but in many states or federal uh, crimes, you can be put to death for mm-hmm. first degree murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, second degree murder is, um, you know, there can be some forethought, but it, it's a lesser degree. Something happened. You went to confront a person. Um, or, you know, or you killed, it's, it's, it's a lesser degree, but it's still, mm. I, I don't believe that in any state, second degree murder uh, gets you the death penalty. And I don't know all 50 states, right. but each state have their, has their own laws mm-hmm. uh, and, and can interpret that the way that they want, which by the way, is protected in the constitution. States mm. can govern themselves differently, which nobody knows today because <laughs> nobody studies government. It drives me crazy. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Do you know the rest? Of America to the Republic to, to the Republic for which yeah. it stands. We're actually yeah. not a democracy. We're not a democracy. Yeah. Nobody knows that. Hmm. So it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and it's because the founding fathers were worried about gang rule. Hmm. That's one of their concerns, right? Hmm. We don't like the king, but we also don't like the mob. Mm-hmm. So um, and now you mm. know everybody else is going to lose their minds on that. So <laughs> we'll just call this the hot potato. Yeah, that's, yeah. Hot potato. Um, <laughs> that's good. But nice so hot. each state each each state has its own laws. Um, 
but so specifically, so there's first degree murder, there's second degree murder. Then there's, I think there's two other degrees. So there's, there's uh manslaughter. manslaughter. There's, there's two types of yeah. manslaughter. Voluntary, involuntary. Yeah, yeah, voluntary and involuntary. And so um, th- those, so like involuntary manslaughter would be, um, I, I got my car, I drank, I knew, you know, I know I'm not supposed to do that. I drive and I kill somebody. You're mm-hmm. still responsible and liable for the person's life. Mm. Voluntary manslaughter is I go to the bar to confront um, the man who's sleeping with my wife. My mm-hmm. intent is not to kill him. My intent is to confront him. Mm-hmm. And in the co- confrontation, we we a fight ensues mm. and a person is killed. Mm. So the intent was to fight, not to kill, mm-hmm. and somebody died. But you you voluntarily went there right. to confront, to conf- and yeah. you did it, and so it's it's considered a higher crime than um, involuntary manslaughter. Mm. So, but they also include crime of passions in that. So, like there are times where you can go nuts. Like if you come home and you find your spouse in bed with somebody else, and you just you just lose lose it and kill them. Well, you didn't plan that. I mean, right. you were coming home to bring flowers and, right. and you just, so the law does, mm. most law does take into account, you go nuts sometimes mm. and and you do things that you wouldn't normally think. It's still wrong, but mm. it's it's literally not pre-planning. I'm gonna kill my husband or my husband. I can't have a husband. Well, I guess I can now, but I don't, I have a wife. <laughs> that's a different show. Um, yeah, it's a different show. You know, if I pre-plan Tammy's death, right? Like right. that's a serious offense. Yeah. Um, specifically, you know, for inheritance or right. money or, or whatever else. It's, yeah. just, it's just hideous. Right. But then getting back to oh, yeah, yeah, now, sorry, like, yeah. police officers, yeah, military, yeah. that's a, like, well, even separate. police thing. officers, military. So God in his word allows killing for a short period of time for, for a reason. And so there are two hmm. things. One is for war uh, to protect um, or, or, to, or to move a certain people group out. And a lot of people have a hard time with Joshua and what he did, but here's hmm. the bottom line. Uh, the people in the land of Israel at that time, the Holy Land, were doing extraordinarily evil things, specifically wor- worshiping erect penises, mm-hmm. vaginas, breasts, and oh, by the way, they sacrificed their children to Molech. So those are the things God says that's offensive. I want mm-hmm. all of that driven out. And so the people of Israel are called to do that, to cleanse the land. And so people find that offensive. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Here's what God's saying. Look, you humans be as screwed up as you want in you know, 99.9999999% of the earth. In this area, the land of Israel is literally the Garden of Eden. I mean, that's what it mm. is. It's the place with which human beings are going to start worshiping God again the right way mm-hmm. and connecting with him on that mm. uh, because that's his heart. And again, so that's why he calls Abraham right back to the land. Mm. So you've been out in the world. Mm-hmm. He calls Moses back to the land. You've been in Egypt. You're coming back to the land and you're going to worship me the way that I intended in the place that I intended, which, oh, by the way, when you read Revelation, Jerusalem is once again, the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we go to, to worship Jesus. I mean, to physically see Jesus mm-hmm. um, in, in the next, in the, in the new heaven and new earth, we will go to Jerusalem to see Jesus mm-hmm. sitting on the throne. Yeah. And it will need no light because he is the light. I mean, it's just... Most people don't realize that. So there are reasons that you can kill. And so that's why I support the death penalty. Mm. Um, and again, that's why I'm so confused in our culture. You know, you can you can kill an infant who's done nothing wrong, but simply be untimely born, but you right. can't kill somebody who's been a terrorist, who's been this, who's been that, and been that. Mm. So, and here's what I would say. I think a lot of well-meaning Christians are against the death penalty. And here's 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 what God's concern is. You don't, on your own, enact revenge. God is against vigilante justice. What you have to do is you have to bring the case to non-biased people mm. who look at it and say, yes, we are 
certain that this is what happened. And yeah. then the community enacts justice because the killing of a human life is against everyone. And, the, and, and literally in Genesis 9, those who spill, you know, the blood of a man, their blood also must be spilled. It's, it's laid out. And so mm. literally people who, and, and so, okay, well, Jesus changed that, you know, absolutely. But Jesus also subject himself to capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the way that he redeemed us is, it, you know, he didn't say, I protest, you know, as he was dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and just so you know, Paul died that way. I mean, Paul also died, capital mm-hmm. punishment. A lot of the early apostles died that right. way. Christians were being slaughtered. Um, and Paul, this is what's so interesting. Paul, who ultimately dies at the hands of the Romans, says that all government's purpose is to enact justice mm. on earth. Mm. So, right? He, he dies in an unjust manner against government, but he recognizes the, the God-given authority of government to enact punishment mm. on people. And so um, there was a time, I think, where we got a lot of, lot of people wrong. And so... That's just sad. We've put to death the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Now with genetics, with genetic testing, it is much easier to, to go beyond reasonable doubt. And so what people don't understand, reasonable doubt me- doesn't mean I don't like the death penalty or I don't believe in the death penalty. What it means is no reasonable person would think this person is innocent. There's no evidence. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence to suggest that this person is, is um, not guilty. The problem right. is we have a lot of people who fundamentally don't believe in the death penalty and they're, they, they attack that whole system. Mm. And, and then what drives me crazy is they say, well, the death penalty is not economically advantageous. Well, it would be if you guys weren't we, constantly, yeah. you know, drawing this out yeah. for years upon right. years. I mean, the truth is if somebody kills my wife, it's first degree murder, they plan it, I'll probably die before they ever would mm-hmm. for what they did. It's just, it, the, whole, the whole system is just, is just ridiculous. Mm. And again, what, what you know, especially to my liberal friends, and, and typically liberals don't believe in the death penalty. You know, classic liberalism says, which I love classic liberalism, who am I to impose my views upon you? And yet, classic liberalism historically has done that. The death penalty is wrong. And what you're saying is, my personal morality on the issue of mm. of, of the death penalty supersedes your right as a family to have justice. Mm. And so what we're, and so and this is what I think you're seeing a lot in our culture is people don't believe in the justice system and so they enact and and, and you know like especially like with the black lives matter movement what are they saying we're not receiving justice and so when they when they feel that way and they sense that way they they do things that they wouldn't normally do mm. that's what vigilantism comes from is when people don't feel like there's a chance of the government getting right mm-hmm. it's why it's in all of our advantage not just for black lives but for all lives that the justice system works that it does mm. its job mm-hmm. um that we all we all benefit from the courts getting it right um which mm. terrifies me everybody that doesn't listen to me you're an immoral person if you do not take seriously jury duty Mm-hmm. People's lives are in the balance. You're like, oh, I got jury duty. Yeah, somebody's gonna go to jail forever. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah. when you look at the people in jury duty, I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't know that the founding fathers got this right because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some strange people in there, and that terrifies me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because jurors can be manipulated, and so much of attorneys now is the manipulation of emotions. Oh yeah, and, and picking and, the right kind of juror that oh, will yeah. give you the answer you want. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's sad. I mean, mm-hmm. it should be. You know, getting reasonable people who can objectively yeah. look at something, mm-hmm. and, and and that's really hard. But yeah. but we need to do that. So you you know the Bible does allow to kill for a certain time, uh, for a period. 
Mm. Um, and that's one of the differences between uh, Christian and, and um, Jewish understanding of war and Muslim ideas of mm. war. So jihad can be called for all time against your enemies forever. That, you don't see that in scripture. Mm-hmm. You, you right. fight for a short period of time, for a season, and then there's peace. So think of Ecclesiastes. There's a time for peace and a time for war. You don't, you don't have, mm-hmm. you don't have it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the problem with jihadism, right? Is it's, it's a never ending ongoing battle, mm-hmm. right? We, we never surrender. And so um, Judeo Christians understand that. Uh, not all Christians agree with me on this. So if you come from a Quaker background, I come from a Baptist background, Baptist <laughs> fight. Yeah. Uh, we, we do. And, and Christians struggle with this. You know, I think about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was in Germany at the rise mm-hmm. of Hitler. And he believed that it was wrong to kill. And so he fled to Union College or Union Seminary in New York. He changed his mind and he realized, look, this guy, I mean, cause you know, I mean, Adolf Hitler killed 6 million Jews, but there was 165 million people killed in World War II. Mm-hmm. So, he's not, you know, I mean, the Japanese were responsible for a certain portion of that. So I don't know how many died in the Pacific theater versus the European theater, but he certainly is single-handedly responsible mm-hmm. for the deaths of everybody who died in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so let's let's say it's half, 90, 90 million people. Mm. Uh, that's everybody in California died, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, uh, Oregon, and, and Washington. Mm. He killed all of us. Wow, yeah. When you think so like that, yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, yep, he's gotta die. Mm-hmm. He's gotta die. And, that, and that's, you know, and we gotta be careful um, because I think you're going to ask me about how to criticize politicians. Mm-hmm. We got to be yeah. careful that we don't throw the name of Hitler around lightly mm-hmm. um, because very, very few people in history mm-hmm. deserve that title right. or that verb right. to, or oh, adjective, yeah. right? To describe them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we got to be very, very careful that we, because usually what that means is we don't know who the person is we're talking about and we don't know who Hitler is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, you, a police officer can kill to protect his family, but mm-hmm. police officers should be investigated. You know, I mean, I'm sure, certainly, certain that if he uh, killed, you know, there an investigation immediately sure. ensues. Was it justifiable? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, because police officers don't have the right to arbitrarily kill. They yeah. don't have right. that right. They have a right to enforce the law and to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, that's the tension. And, and just so you know, I think being a police officer today is the most difficult man. job yeah. there is oh, on the planet. Man. And so... Um, you know, you know, if my son came to me or my daughters and said, I want to be a cop, I, I would just be like, we really got to pray about this. Because here's the problem with being a police officer. You have to get it right every single mm-hmm. time in the most stressful situations. Yeah. So, so think about that airplane that just crashed. Mm. 99.9% of all flights are extraordinarily boring. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Yep. Something went wrong within the first four minutes of that flight mm-hmm. and the pilot failed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people and died. Everybody died. Everybody yeah. died. Yeah. That happens every time. So mm-hmm. think think about, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to pull this person over. How how are they going to handle this? W- what's going to go on? Right. And so they're on edge. And and, and police officers are people. What's happened the time before? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. So, you know, how do I interact with black people? What's happened historically? How do I interact with with men? How do I interact with women? Like all of those things. We want to we want to pretend they're robots. They're not. Yeah. Right. And so uh, prejudice is, you know, preconceived uh, ideas that are often reinforced by our experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if a black person has a bad experience with a police officer, right, they're going to be prejudiced towards them because what they, what they feared might happen has happened. And so mm. therefore, I, I'm going to say police officers are. 
And, and that's what we have to be careful, you know, just like in all professions. I mean, you guys, there's evil pastors, evil, like mm-hmm. really, really, really bad pastors. We interviewed mm. somebody this week uh, for a position at Sandals Church and um, um, they're awesome, the Australians that were here. Yeah. They've been really wounded in church mm. and, you know, their previous pastor went to jail, federal prison. Oh man, that's bad. For ripping people off. Uh. And so one of the questions he asked me, like, I said, do you have any questions for me in the interview? He's like, yeah, can you explain the finances of Sandals Church? That's a fair question yeah. based you know, off of his previous right. experience. Based oh, yeah. upon his prejudice right. of yeah. pastors. So pastors can potentially yeah. like steal. And sorry, right. guys, some do. Yeah. You know, so I had to go into, you know, Sandals has a board, an oversight board. We're yeah. audited every single year. I don't personally handle any of the finances. Right. Uh, that's not to say that somebody can't rip off Sandals. I just can't. Right. Like I, I don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> right. So, you know, so, yeah. so like, you know, sinners are sinners, people are people. So what we try to make sure that we do that. So yes, you can kill. Um, but I think as a Christian, I, I still think it's okay to grieve that even if you did your job, right. even if it was justifiable, you know, you grieve that, oh my yeah. gosh, a life was taken. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's important to work through that. So mm-hmm. if somebody says, oh, you're just doing your job, I don't think that's helpful. Yeah. A, a life was still lost and, and we need to grieve that, you know, we need to appreciate um, life right. and, and not devalue it. Right. And um, even if the situation called for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, you know, just, just pray for your police officers. They're, they're yeah. in situations where, um, you know, like when we were in New York City, uh, a guy robbed a jewelry store, a convenience store. I can't remember, but he had a fake gun. Oh yeah. You told I, yeah. I mentioned that. So he had no intent to kill. Right. Um, but now he's going to be on trial for manslaughter because That's police right. officers killed each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the thing. Once one person shoots, Oh, yeah. Dude, it's hell, all hell it's breaks chaos, loose yeah. yep. because nobody knows anything. And they actually ended up shooting their buddy mm-hmm. and he died. Yeah. And so, um, so, so the guy that robbed the, the, the bank, his intent was not to kill, mm-hmm. but he's ultimately liable for manslaughter because yeah. someone died. Because someone died. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree how thankful we are for yeah. our yeah. police officers and yeah, law and enforcement. You, and, man. Yeah. And I would say like, if you are a police officer or even in the military and this is you, like you've mm. taken a life and you need to talk to someone or process that, like we've got folks here, soul care, who would love to talk with you and help you process through that. Like Pastor Matt said, like you don't have to take that lightly or just move on as part of the job. Like I think mm. it's important to have yeah, a place where you can share right. and have talk a place. about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, this weekend you talked a lot about anger and talked uh, like how you tied a lot of that in where, you know, maybe a lot of us have never physically killed somebody right. or maybe in our lifetime will be a, a part of that. Like, uh, like um, maybe one of the other things um, of stealing or something. Yeah. But with this, I like how you, you tied that in and um, you brought up a couple of good things. There's some questions based off of that. Um, this question says, how, how does undealt with anger give a foothold to the devil? What exactly is a foothold? And then kind of the second part is letting the sun go down on your anger, literal or figurative? Right. So, okay. So a, a foothold is literally like, um, think of a windowsill. Mm-hmm. So if you're hanging out the window, mm-hmm. you can put your hands and hold onto the ledge. That's mm-hmm. that's literally what a foothold means. And so uh, a rock climber that's going up, um, you know, some, somewhere over like Mount Rubido or Joshua mm-hmm. Tree, you're looking for a foothold. You're looking for a place to put your, you're looking for leverage where you can mm-hmm. literally p- put your weight on that mm-hmm. and hold yourself up. And so that's what the devil is looking for all of our lives. He's looking for a place where he can leverage his weight on us mm. and think about that. So that's, that's what it means. And so anger is a way the devil, just like God, God, why is repentance and faith in Jesus so important? 
you have to give God permission. Think about this, almighty God who spoke and the heavens came into existence. You have to give God permission Hmm. to come into your life. Hmm. How do we do that? Through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Well, we also give permission Mm. to Satan through sin. Yeah, and one of the primary ways that we give him permission to come into our lives is through our our undealt with anger. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we we can be angry, um, but anger anger changes you. You know, I actually mm-hmm. got really angry um, uh, Sunday night because someone took my message and mm-hmm. and used it to really really hurt somebody else. Yeah. And so, my wife and I ended up having to call that person. And uh, it was just so sad, you know, a message on slander and gossip. Somebody mm. in our church thought it would be a good idea to gossip and slander. And it was just yeah. really, really terrible. I was so angry. Mm. I literally had diarrhea the next day. <laughs> it, affect, it affected me affected, physically. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I was just, you know, I was tired. It was time change Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. Mm. You know, I think angry at myself because my message got my, my wife, you know, in trouble. Right. I was angry at, you know, the person, I mean, I was, I was really, really upset. Mm. That's not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't deal with it until, you know, the next day at noon, I met with Claude for lunch. I said, man, I'm so angry. And mm. I just shared, I just shared and I had to get it out. Mm. And instantaneously I felt better. Mm. And he, he literally said, he goes, well, what can I do to help you? I said, you already did. Mm. You listened. Mm. And so um, that's what we need to do. And, and that's why you got to talk it out. You, you literally got to say, I'm so angry. Now there, there might be a moment where you say, okay, we're so angry, we can't talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. So here's what you do. You say, uh, say Steph and I are married. Steph, I'm so ticked at you right now. And I, obviously you're very upset with me. Let's pray mm. and ask God for permission to table this until we're both chill. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we literally would say, God, help us to not give the devil permission. Right. We're, we're upset and we're angry, but we're committing to handle this in the morning when we're rested. Mm-hmm. when we're not at our wit's end and we've had a moment to cool off, but we're going to deal with this and we yeah. don't want the devil to deal with us. Right. And mm-hmm. you just, and let me just tell you, you want to end a fight, start praying. I, it is so, <laughs> it is so hard. I mean, I, I'm just curious. The next time some of you are just livid, mm. just start praying, get on mm. your knees and just, and I, you're going to laugh that your anger is, because the devil's going to run from you. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's going to run because yeah. the, you, you've just chosen the most powerful weapon on earth and the devil wants nothing to do with that. He's going to mm-hmm. go pick up, pick up on an, an idiot, you know, that's like, <laughs> uh, I'm not, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hold this not in. Not willing to, yeah, yeah. willing to hold it in. So, yeah. so, so there are times when you're tired, you're exhausted. Uh, there, there are moments when emotions are too high mm-hmm. to talk about what's going on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we talked about that in our small group last night. Is it literal? Don't let yeah. the sun go down on your anger, giving a foothold uh, to the devil. Yes, I think it's literal. Yeah. I, I think it, I think yeah, it literally I think is it because is. What, what most of us do, especially I'm surrounded by two nines, <laughs> is you suppress it, mm-hmm. you yep. push it down. And what nines don't realize is you're in the power triad, mm-hmm. you're in the gut triad, which means right. you're, you're, you go by instinct, which at some point, really gut is, it means animal instinct. Mm. At some point, you guys are going to go mama bear and papa bear like and, that. and it's coming out and it's oh, going to yeah. be, oh, that's, it's yeah. going to be ugly, but with nines, it might not be overtly, right. but it can be subversive. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like, like for my personality, you know, high three, high eight, when I lose it, I'm a lion. You guys are a sitting elephant. And you just, <laughs> you just sit and, and everybody's dead. And like, yeah. what happened? And you're just, I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen that. Like, you know, I get like 
physical, like, and I have a lot of one too, which has a lot of anger yeah, to ooh, it too. Yeah. And so power. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like this morning before Let's pray forward. for Tyler right now <laughs> oh, yeah. before the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah. But, and like, I've noticed that like, there'll be points where like, we're both like exhausted, but like, can't figure out how to like work through the thing. And like, I'll get like so physically angry. Sleep is not an option. Mm. Like I have to, yeah. I've learned, I have to like work through and process through it. But like, even that idea of like, we may need to just pray and like get some sleep so that we can mm. rationally deal with it because otherwise his anger is going to come out in a way that's going to freak me out. Yeah. Um, and so we've yeah. had to learn that of like, what does that look like to deal with our anger in the moment, take care of it, not let it like overcome anything, but also not let it just stew all night because with me, it'll just, then I start, yeah, that like gut instinct comes in. I'm like, well, like I'm righteously angry because right. everything you did is completely <laughs> wrong. I have no fault in this at all. Like, right. and it does, it starts to seep into my mind. And I think it does. To, I've seen how it gives the devil a foothold and it can take a lot of work to undo Yeah, and just that. so you guys know, this is why people who fall in love, think about it. We live in a culture where you get to pick your spouse. Mm. I love this person. I can't, I can't imagine life without them. And then you hate each other and you're divorced. Mm-hmm. And, and kids didn't help, nothing helped. And it's because you, you allowed the devil a foothold. Mm-hmm. And so many people, especially nines, don't want to risk the relationship so they don't talk about it. You got high one, so you got, you know, your anger gives you a little momentum there to, to, to bring that up. Mm-hmm. But if you don't deal with your anger, it will deal with you. It oh, will deal yeah. with your marriage. And so um, you have to talk about, you know, um, what's going on and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Yeah, just and just understanding, you know, one of Tammy and I's most ridiculous fights. She likes to move furniture around. <laughs> well, that's fine, but like I'm taller than her, so she moves things around that hit my head that never hit her head. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the night, I got to get up to go pee or I got to get a drink, and I I run into a sofa. I'm like, where is it? What? What? Why is there a sofa here? And it's because she re. And it's so, you know, like I I got angry because I felt like she intentionally doesn't care about me, <laughs> and so we had yeah. to talk through that of you know, especially when you're a pastor, you know, you don't have a lot of money. And so one of the ways that she felt creative Mm -hmm. and exercised that creativity was rearranging Rearranging, things. And I'm like, oh, so you don't do this to piss me off. Like I thought that, I thought the core core motivation (laughs) here was just to get me going. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and just helping her to understand, look, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm six inches taller than you. Like these things hit my head. Hmm. And so, you know, we've, and some things you just gotta let go. Like she still hangs laundry, and she it does not hit her head, dude. It right right in my eyebrow. It'll catch me. <laughs> well, I think I think that's such a good point, though. To even if you're tired, you're frustrated, whatever, you still have that sort of pre conversation of, hey, look, we need to still let's ask permission from God to sit on this till the morning to when we're ready to talk about it, and and know there's a there's a time we're still gonna talk about this. Right. Well, here, here's yeah. a great, if I was a woman and I was married to Tammy, who's a man, I would say this. Whoa, I would, I would I'm begin, trying to get- I would begin every, I, dude, I, I know how to get what I want with men. I would say, <laughs> hey, I'm really hoping we can have sex in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but I would like to, I, I would like to talk to you about something that, some I, that I feel like would help us be more intimate. Are you, are you up for me talking about this? <laughs> dude, I, you have my attention. I am like, dude, I'm going to be the best man ever. We're going to listen. We're, we're going to listen and then we are going to love. This is going to be so good, right? Because, yeah, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, right? Sex is a powerful motivator for men. And, and they also think we think better post-orgasm. Like we're more peaceful. We're more, uh, which by the way, I just read this whole article on the difference between orgasm after pornography versus being with a real person. And so the reason huh. men have to keep doing it over again is actually chemicals are not released in pornography that are released with real sex. 
Huh. Oh, interesting. So a man is still chasing the same yeah, thing. A man, yeah, because not all the hormones have been released. They're huh. only released yeah. with a person. Wow. So God is so freaking oh, awesome. Yeah. I know. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's what I would say is, and so like with Tammy, I have to begin every conversation with, like if it's about money, we have plenty of money. We're okay. You're gonna be okay. Mm. I can't freak her out. So mm. like I used to like, my unhealthy three, we're going to sacrifice and we're going to, and, and she's like, you know, she grew up like terrified of money, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mean, just freaking out about money all the time. Um, you know, I grew mm-hmm. up in a home where my dad has an unhealthy fixation on money. So I, you'd think I'd learn, but I picked up a lot of his same traits. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a, we have a, a kind of a theology of scarcity rather than generosity. And I've mm-hmm. had to be intentional for 20 years about being generous, mm-hmm. but I, I've had to learn how do how do I approach my wife? And so I think it's okay to have discussions about men and women and our unique differences. I think it's a starting point, mm-hmm. but like you're both married to individuals. Mm-hmm. And so you need to not just know the gender differences, but you need to know the personality differences and how to talk about what's really frustrating you because, um, you know, you know, Tammy and I, neither of you have this, but Tammy and I have to work together. So it's important mm. well, that use I, my wife and I used to. Okay, so so it's important while, that, yeah. especially, um, you know, in the workplace, that she's respectful to me, that she's not mm. disrespectful to me yeah. in the workplace because I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now in the home, she can have a different tone, and you know, um, different whatever. Sure. And so, um, you yeah. know, so no, we, that's we good to, about be being careful. declarative because yeah. th- that's a big part I, th- I think of my journey as well as a nine because mm-hmm. I would rationalize. We talked about this in our small group last night with other nines in our group, we would rationalize, well, I get it why they said that. And that's probably, you know, it's actually my fault because I I brought that out of them. And so why don't I just shelve that? Mm-hmm. And it's, I shouldn't, why am I saying, I shouldn't yeah. be angry about it. And then, you know, festers and festers. And then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, saying you shouldn't be angry out. doesn't make it go away. Doesn't make Turns it go out, away, right. <laughs> exactly. And so actually taking this literally and saying, yeah. don't let it go. Don't let another day go by, mm-hmm. deal with it. And so one of the problems with a, uh, a child-centered culture, so we're gonna get into it next week, honor your father and mother. Mm-hmm. We're not a mother-father-centered culture. Mm-hmm. We're a child-centered culture. And so here's the problem, especially you, only child. Mm-hmm. Um, when children grow up being the center of mm-hmm. what's happening, they are not prepared for marriage. They don't know how to interact. They don't know how to empathize. They are naturally raised to think about themselves. Mm. Um, and that's that's a problem. That's an extraordinarily problem. Uh, and then you interact, no father or a weak father figure and boundaries are not enforced. You know, marriage gets really, really odd. Uh, mm. You know, I poke fun at Claude all the time because he's an only child. Mm-hmm. And there are things that, you know, I see, I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I had a brother, I had to share, or we fought it out. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the benefit of multi-siblings is, you know, a lot of parents get exhausted that their kids are fighting. That's how they learn. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how they yeah. learn. And so good. Um, just know, you know, I mean, I mean, every now and then you got siblings that get along great. Well, we didn't get those. <laughs> we didn't get any of those. <laughs> yeah. So I love how you like, not only talked about murder, so you talked about how our words can kill. Um, and so these last couple of questions I'm really good at that. are on that topic. <laughs> I'm a word ninja. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned like, you know, we should, you know, go to the extent of protecting life with our words. And you talked about gossip and slander and all that. Mm. What, 
what are some good ways to combat gossip when we like see that around us or attempted to engage in that? How do we protect life with our words when it comes to like a culture mm. that's surrounding us with gossip all the time? Yeah, when you so our culture is fascinated with gossip. We love to talk with others about others because we don't know how to be intimate with our friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. So mm. that's why, you know, you might know more about the Kardashians than you know about your best friend. You'll know all their intimate details mm. rather than learning about your friend and your friend learning about you. So gossip mm. kills intimacy. Mm. Uh, Grace unlocks it. You I mean, that, right? Hey, here's what happened. Here's what went on. And um, I mean, I just had to have this conversation with my son this week. Um, I'm asking him to get in a relationship with accountability. And I said, if you repeat anything that this person says or does, I'm going to kill you. Now, I don't <laughs> literally mean that, but I mean, he, it's going to be, yeah, because um, privacy is really important for people, and so every community group, man. If you have a person in your community group that's talking about what people said or do, or you know, I mean that that'll destroy safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, grace unlocks intimacy, and so also does confidentiality. Hey, listen, I'm I'm going to withhold this information, and I'm not going to share this with anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people will assume my wife know things, and she's always like, "Yeah, I, I." I don't, I don't know. know. Hmm. Because if you confess to me, I'm your pastor. Now, if Tammy right. needs to know, I'd say, hey, Jono, um, I'm going to talk with Tammy about this. But usually hmm. what I say is, yeah, Tammy's, don't make her feel uncomfortable by assuming that she she knows this. Hmm. Um, because part of that's my job. Mm-hmm. And, sure. I'm, you know, I, I mean, I don't need to share everything about my work with her. I need to share how I'm feeling, what's right. going on, what's happening with right. me. And uh, and she needs to share with me what's happening with her and what's going on with her. Um so I just think that that's, that's really, really important. But just know go- gossip is destroying relationships. And it's especially like, you know, when you come home and you're just talking about all the terrible people at work, being mm. against is not being with. Mm. Mm. And so that's what a lot of couples do, right? You know, you, you, you bitch and complain and, and whine. And um, my dad used to have a friend, uh, Doug Wooten, and he would say, Steve, you bitching or complaining? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was, he is the best, like a highly, highly strong eight personality for my dad. He's a good, good guy. And That's I great. love Doug Wooten, man. He was just like, man, let's go have a good time. That's great. Eight, eight, eight wing seven or seven wing eight. I'm not sure. Right. He's with the Lord now. <laughs> but um, I used to love that, that he would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, being against is not being with. And so this mm. is why so many couples, you know, you think intimacy is, you know, protecting my child or mm-hmm. being against or the school. Us against the world. Us against the world. And sure. that's not, that's not mm. with. Um, and so no. when you look at, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, John, the gospel of John chapter one, mm. uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with, with God. God. Uh, it's proston theon. And, and so pros is translated with in English, but it really means towards. And it's, it's intimacy. Hmm. Jesus was intimate intimate with God. Well, how long has he been intimate with God? Well, he's always, always yeah. been intimate with God. Yeah. And oh, he is God, right? And so think about marriage. The two shall become hmm. one flesh. Like we're, we're, we're becoming one. It's not his needs, her needs, it's our needs. And that's what's so dysfunctional about that book. It's just hmm. saying what's, what's best for the marriage. Um, and, and ultimately what's best for the marriage is, you know, trying to meet your wife's needs uh, husbands, you know, or wives trying to meet your husband's needs and, and trying to come together, but it's for the benefit of the marriage. When it's for the mm. benefit of one or the other, man, you're 50-50 and you're fighting. And so, mm. so I just think gossip is, and just like I said, people who gossip about others will gossip about you. Mm-hmm. And, and really yeah. what it is, is it's a, a lack of relational immaturity or not, it's not a lack of, it is relational immaturity. Yeah. It's a lack of maturity. And they just, they just haven't grown yeah. up um, learning. And so like, especially if you're raising girls, girls will grow up, but not 
not grow up mature, mm. mature wise because they're talking about each other and sure. they're bad mouthing each other. They're not learning to, to, to develop friends. Yeah. Mm. And especially in an age of, of, of Twitter and Facebook right. and Snapchat, yeah. right? And so they're just, you know, it, gossip is like 24 seven now. Right. Whereas in, in generations past, it could just be, you know, in the moment. So yeah. what, oh, go ahead, go ahead. what would you say that like for people maybe who are realizing like all of their relationships right. are built around gossip, they're built around, you know, that false intimacy that I think comes to that. What are some good first steps to right. start developing real relationships that don't rely on just Talking bad nothing about other people? All the time? Right. It's confession, mm. you know? So just say, hey guys, I'm a gossip. And uh, I've gossiped about confessing to the people that uh, are in that. Maybe or you're a small group. Outside. You say, "Hey guys, I I'm not talking about me because I'm mm. talking about others." And that's just a thing. So then nobody mm. knows you. Nobody knows how to minister to you. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to lead you. When you talk about others, you're not talking about yourself. And I'm not talking about narcissism mm-hmm. or you know self absorption. I'm talking about here's what's going on with me. Mm. Here's you know rather than saying. Um, you know, all my friends gossip and people gossip too much and people at Sandals, and, and all, Sandals, it may be true. Here's mm. how it affected me. Mm-hmm. So mm. like, you know, we didn't go to small group last night because we were out of it and um, I'm really bummed we missed it, but here's what I would have shared at small group last night, how we had it. I think I would share that. Maybe I only could share that now after this talk, but mm. you know, I, I preached against gossip. Somebody gossiped about my sermon and it would, I would be more likely to be angry at them rather than just sharing, hey, here's how it affects me. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what it does to me. And here's what, what it did to me. It made me feel like what I'm doing is useless. Mm-hmm. I'm not making a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually helping people follow Jesus, which then makes me throw my hands up at the air and I go, what am I doing with my What's life? What's the point? Anyway. What's the point? And I, right, I'm circling down this drain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the truth is, you know, I, then I need somebody to say, hey, here's how that sermon impacted me. Here's yeah. the things that I'm gonna do different. Yeah. You know, here's how I think it's blessed others. And so the reality is most people are not gonna do anything I say. That's why God's word repeatedly, you know, <laughs> goes yeah. over and over again. And so the reason we have laws in the book of, of, of Moses about what to do when somebody kills is because nobody listened to the commandment, mm-hmm. but, thou shalt kill. not kill. <laughs> right. And so that's the problem is we, we live in a world where we're not obedient and then we got all mm. these problems. And mm-hmm. so I would just say that is, and, and it's uncomfortable talking about yourself or what you feel. And that's oh, where, yeah. especially if you're in a two, three, four shame area, you're ashamed. Mm. Oh man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I was feeling this way. Now, what about the, on the other side of that? We talked about this in our small group last night. It was so good. We, we were about what we were, what you were saying in, don't just be the person that doesn't gossip, but even if you're in the mix, kind of the driver, right? right? You're, you're not, I'm not robbing the store, but I am in the car waiting Mm -hmm. to be the getaway guy. Uh, If that's the case, um, you know, what are some practical things to start doing to not be complicit, to not just be in the mix, if you're maybe not so inclined to confrontation Mm -hmm. or uh, I don't want to be the one, you know, the holier than thou. Yeah, just say like, hey, it makes me, it makes me, uh, let's say I'm in a meeting and people are really talking about you, Jono. I say, mm-hmm. hey guys, it makes me feel real uncomfortable because Jono's not here. Mm-hmm. And I know he's a good guy and he's trying his best. Have you talked to him personally about this? So the way to shut it down, and here's the mm-hmm. thing is, nobody ever goes and talks to the person about it. Why would right. I do that? That's biblical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, right. uh, I mean, literally we just had a staff problem last week where two people worked together at a Sunday service. They were together. There was some friction. Mm. They both went to their supervisors who then had to go to their supervisors. Then we're at an executive meeting and we're talking mm. about this issue that occurred four levels down. Right. And I'm like, stop, they need to talk about it. Right. They, they've wasted time, energy, and money mm. just simply because, you know, I couldn't say, Stephanie, that frustrated me. And Stephanie couldn't say, and it wasn't us, but I'm just saying. Right. Mm-hmm. right. What, 
and they had written a letter. They had taken time, written a letter. Here's what happened. I'm like, did you say hmm. I'm offended or I don't appreciate? No, just say it. Hmm. Just, you know, um, and try to work it out because right at, at the end, we're trying to worship God on Sunday. So even hmm. in that sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, high, yeah. people day. are difficult yeah. and that includes you, us. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we are difficult people and mm-hmm. um, we, we have to deal with that. So I would just, you know. Mm. No, that's good. I, I remember I, I worked at a hospital um, for a couple of years in an emergency department. And so all of the staff would, it was just the culture was very much a gossiping culture and, you know, talking about anyone that wasn't there. So who knows what they said when I wasn't there. Um, but uh, I would go into it thinking, okay, I know this is gonna happen. I know this is gonna be what I'm walking into today. How, how am I gonna direct the conversation today? And I love what you said about being, how it kills intimacy mm-hmm. and how you really have to, it, it allows you to sort of be lazy in a relationship. You don't really have to know anything about a person to be able to talk badly about someone yeah. else that's not there. Mm-hmm. I found myself actually doing that without, knowing that those words, but really saying, okay, what do I know about so-and-so? How can I engage and ask them about their life specifically? Yeah. How are you doing with this? How are you? And it would it would take a while, but it, w- it would actually work to steer, continue to steer it back to not about the person that was yeah. there. Well, like for yeah. example, I mean, you know, you, you know, you're a gossiper if you're married and you go on a date and you like, you just say, we're, we're not going to talk about work. Mm-hmm. We're only going to talk about each other, and you just sit there and you stare at each other. You got a problem you got nothing because to say. you've not trained yourself. Mm. See, intimacy is just yeah. like at the gym. Mm-hmm. You can't just go to the gym and and work out like. And so a lot of people are like, oh, we're going to go have this just intimate breakthrough. It's like baby steps. Mm-hmm. You got to learn. Here's where I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, sometimes you know, I take advantage of intimacy when it happens. Mm. So. You know, like Tammy and I said, we're gonna at eight o'clock. We're gonna go get together and we're gonna talk about X. Well, okay, that helps. But man, if it's if she says, well, why wouldn't we just talk about it right now? Mm. Take advantage of that, mm. um, and then just go enjoy dinner, enjoy yeah. the steak, enjoy the food, <laughs> enjoy yeah. the wine, enjoy the surroundings. You know, um, man, I love going to restaurants where I can actually hear. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, so many of our restaurants are, it's like, no wonder every kid has ADHD. It's like, good Lord. <laughs> Screens everywhere. Oh man. Can't focus for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but realizing that those, because those words do kill and those oh, words yeah. aren't just, oh, it's funny. We're all getting a good laugh, but they actually do yeah. injure and kill and hurt, um, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just as we get into gender next week, is I think a lot of women um, are completely unaccountable for what they say. I think men are more accountable for what Hmm. they say and women don't realize that what they say hurts. Like when Mm -hmm. I see super dysfunctional relationships, usually it's a woman who's ultra aggressive, Mm -hmm. verbally abusive and unapologetic. Hmm. So they can't apologize for what they've said. And so, you know, let me just say, if you're married and you can't remember a time where you've said, please forgive me, I'm sorry, I said that. Hmm. Your relationship is not healthy. So a guy or girl, if you cannot remember a time in recent memory where you've said, I'm so sorry. I'm starting to think. Please forgive me. Oh, well, dude. Like, <laughs> I had to do that this I'm, morning because I was, I was real say, yeah. before I left somebody. I'm, yeah. like, I'm okay. a gifted, I'm a gifted <laughs> like sinner. Two days so ago I've me. had to learn to apologize because, and I'm married to a high one, high yeah. six. So I've had to learn to do that. That's but it's, it's really hard for Tammy to yeah. do that. And she, it's amazing watching her grow in that. And, and she's becoming healthier, you know? Hey, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I did that. I'm, I'm sorry I said that. I'm, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I remember some of Tammy and I's conflict early on is she didn't believe I had feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. So 
Um, and, and it's again, because men struggle more being open and honest mm. and sharing how they feel. And yeah. so um, we, we've got to create an environment where we, we allow men to express what they're feeling and what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, women, are, women, women are better at it. Typically though, what women do is they share about what's happening around them rather than in them. Right. And so what your husband needs to know is like, so you need to know this about your husband is he doesn't have a lot of ability to hang. You know, we were talking about somebody, <laughs> we were interviewing this pastor and, and they, <laughs> you know, we had to, we had to, question their past and he had a, an intimate affair. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, what is that? I just told, I told our, our boy, I said, if I ever have an affair, it is not intimate. I mean, and it's not, excuse me, it's not emotional. Hmm. Like I can, yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm not having an emotional affair. Like I don't have, like, I, <laughs> like when Tammy's sharing, when Tammy's sharing, I'm like, here we go. There we go. I'm hanging on, you know, I'm like, I'm, I've got everything, everything I've got is to listen this. to. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, because forever, mm-hmm. right? Tammy's in the deep end of the pool and I'm in the shallow end. That's sure. the way God wired us. So for me to go have, jump in the deep end with somebody else, I'm like, jeez. <laughs> I just told him, I was like, guys, if I ever tell you it's just an emotional affair, I'm lying, fire me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I lied, fire that me. That is not true. No, yeah. dude. If I go out, oh, it's going man. out with a bang, man. <laughs> I'm going to oh, be on man. the news. Well, that's a good preview for next week. Sorry if I terrified all our sixes. No, it's good. I'm currently not involved in any affairs. Right. No. Yes. Just trying to, trying to have one with my wife, though. Oh, well, oh, right. yeah. Good luck. Yeah. yeah good. Hope it works out. Yeah, that's good. Let me just say this. You got, how long have you been married? Uh, 12 years. It'll be two years in next month. Yeah. So we're 23 years, and I love my wife more, and I appreciate her more. Uh, Intimacy is better. Communication mm. is better. Man, life is just so much better with her. And let me just say this. It was really bad for a period of time. Hmm. Like, especially like, you know, right when we first got married, we had to work through a lot of stuff that she wasn't honest with me about during dating, which is helpful. Um, <laughs> women oftentimes marry men for their potential and then inform them of... So here's, a, here's one of the differences. Women assume the guy they're dating will change. The man assumes she won't. <laughs> and we're both uh, wrong. That's good. We're both wrong. Yeah, and good. so, well, you know, we, we had a lot of struggles, um, especially if you uh, pop out a couple more kids here. Like that, that's just, like my wife did not want to be touched. Like, so all day long, she'd be touched, poked, grabbed. She's dealing with poop, mm-hmm. milk. Like, oh, yeah. like she just, mm-hmm. she, like I would come home and, I, you know, and I'm just, I want to hug my, you know, th- nope, <laughs> not happening. Yeah. And, and that's just a season of life, man, where those kids are a little terrorists. Uh-huh. It's so funny that the very thing sex creates kills sex. Yeah. It just does, man. Yeah. It's like, oh, we loved each other so much. We had sex and we created this terrorist and now this terrorist is killing sex. <laughs> so you just have to, you just have to work uh-huh. through it and know it's a season and, yeah. uh, and, and especially bringing up little kids. Like if you got little kids, they're mm. such a sweet season yeah. from like age five to 12. Puberty's mm-hmm. a whole nother game, but five to 12 is like, God, God gives you like the Sabbath. <laughs> it's, a break. Yeah. it's a break, man. Yeah. And it's so great. And then, um, you know, actually I just finished that book, um, the boy crisis and right. boys testosterone is off the charts until they're two. Mm. And then it dips huh. until puberty. And then it comes yeah. Then they go around. nuts again. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I can see that. My son's one and a half. Yeah, he's, he's he firing, dude. Firing, fired up. Holy smokes! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so about two, two and a half, and then his testosterone is going to lower huh. because testosterone is forming him as a man. Mm-hmm. Makes so sense. you know that's why he's raging, and yeah. he's, you know he's like he's on steroids. He's totally like, is, <laughs> man. He'll do. That. We'll have grunting. It's like our connection. He's rah and I rah back yeah. at him, and yeah. he's oh, oh yeah, it's dude. hilarious. It's this little <laughs> ball of. 
Mm-hmm. Well, testosterone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two balls. Turns out. Well, testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Two little balls. Right? But they're, 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 <laughs> they're fired firing, up. Man. Oh, man. He's ready. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, this has been awesome discussion. We're excited about next week. Got a little preview there. Um, and yeah, let me just say this. Everybody pray for this week. Um, you know, gender is a controversial issue. Mm-hmm. But again, when God had 10 things to say, it's amazing the things he chose to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, you know, people are constantly, you know, blaming God and, you know, all these people are killed in the name of religion. And we don't have guns to protect us from God. Mm. We have guns to protect us from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reality. And that's just how sinful and how broken we mm. are is we hunt each other. We kill yeah. our own and it's yeah. just sad and it's, it's tragic and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And we need to be more loving and more kind. Um, yeah. You know, and, and again, thank God for police officers. I, I'm amazed anybody does it that protect mm-hmm. us from yeah. violent people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, they are there. I mean, I, when I was in seminary, we had no classes on raising up security task force at church. And now we have them at every campus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because that's that's the society that that's we where live we're in. at now. Yeah. People yeah. are mentally unhealthy, yeah. uh, overly offended, and they react violently. Mm-hmm. That's our culture. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. And I wanted to bring back around from our top or talk at the beginning about abortion. If there are women listening to this show, I know this um, yeah. every time we've talked about this on the oh, show, yeah. um, a lot of our pregnancy counseling centers actually get a lot of spike and stuff saying we heard about them on the debrief. So if you are a woman who is facing an unplanned pregnancy mm. and you were hoping to get some answers on this show, we would love to connect you with some resources. We've got right. Soul Care here at Sandals Church. Also here in the Riverside area, we've got Riverside Life Services, which is an incredible mm-hmm. counseling center that not only helps you uh, through pregnancy and all that, but also the first couple of years of your baby's life too. They're with you the whole way. Um, so we would love to get you connected with them too. Yeah. So feel free to reach out. Um, you can look them up at Riverside Life Services, I think, dot org. Yeah, they're um, great. They're man. incredible. What they do is great. So I've been hanging out with the ladies over there a little bit more because they're right by our house and we, I love them. So Yeah. And so like so. Uh, Riverside Life Services gives free ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, so if a woman sees the baby, mm-hmm. they are extraordinarily unlikely to kill the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right, what they're told at Planned Parenthood is it's tissue. Mm-hmm. Right. When you see when you see little toes, hands, you feet, heartbeat. eyes, yeah. you, you hear the heartbeat, heartbeat right? Yeah. Like, like it's it's there's something that happens and connects the mom there. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with adoption. Adoption is a beautiful, yeah. wonderful, amazing mm-hmm. option. And we have parents at our, we have people in our church that would love to be parents. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have people in our church that are looking uh, to adopt. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, infertility. Yeah is a huge issue. Uh, mm-hmm. 20% of men nowadays are infertile. Yeah. Wow. So it's a big, yeah. big deal. So your yeah. child is, is a blessing, is oh, wanted, sure. yeah. uh, is desired. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how cool would that be is if, if out of a sinful thing, mm. you blessed somebody with a baby. Oh, yeah. And um, and again, I mean, just, just think about that. Yeah. And, and here's the deal, like Sandals Church, our culture of women is all about kindness. There, yeah. women mm. are commanded here at Sandals Church to be kind. So like our hope and prayer is that you are not judged by anyone here right. if you choose to carry your child outside of marriage. Um, and if you are judged, you've come find us. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this that's is a safe good. place for you for sure. That's so, good. Awesome. Yeah, I want to make sure to say yeah, that's yeah. Good. wrapped up. So that's great. All right. Awesome. We'll see you guys cool. next week. Love you.